I'm telling you, who loves a party? Okay, well, I tell you what, today is all about a party. It's about an invitation to come. Now, give me a wave if you were here last week. Give us a wave. Okay, can I just tell you, for those who were here, was it good? Yes, you missed out if you weren't. We had a dear friend of ours travel from the Czech Republic. His name is Mike, and he did an incredible message about a father and a son, about the holy, the holy relationship between God the Father and Jesus and their relationship and the richness that's found in that relationship and the things that we could learn from that father-son relationship. I encourage you to take a listen. He spoke about love. He spoke about identity. He spoke about pleasure and place. And I really encourage you to listen. Were you blessed if you were here last week and heard that? So I really encourage you to listen. But can I just tell you, I felt like God was showing off a little. Okay, because we didn't tell Mike what he needed to preach. He had a message on his heart, and he asked, could he bring that? And we were like, absolutely. But about three months ago, we actually put it in the diary that today we would start a new series called The Rhythms of Grace. So we knew we were going to do that today, and we knew he was going to come and speak last week, but we gave him freedom to speak about what he likes. And it was only when I came to the text, the scripture, that I'm going to speak about today that I realized what Mike spoke about last week is literally the verse before the verse I'm going to bring. I was like, what? It's almost as if God has something to say to us. So Mike spoke from a verse in Matthew 11, and the verse goes from 27 and then we're going to pick it up from 28. So Mike taught Matthew 11:27, and I'm going to bring you a truth I believe that God wants to reveal to us from Matthew 28. So let's just read what we spoke about last week, um, and then I want to pick it up with you. So if we have it on screen, Matthew 11:27, and it says this. <clears throat> Jesus, we got it up? Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is the unique father-son operation coming out of the father and son's intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son. But I am not keeping this to myself. This is what Jesus is saying. I'm ready to go over it line by line to anyone who is willing to listen. So I believe Jesus wants to literally unpack the treasures that come out of that intimate relationship that he has with the Father, and he wants to share it with us line by line. So I don't know about you, but the next line should be pretty crucial, don't you think? If he's literally just set it up and going, if you want to know these rich treasures that come between me and my father, I don't want to keep it to myself. I want it to tumble out, and I want to go through it with you line by line. I was like, so what are the next lines? Okay, so let's have a look. These are the next lines. In Matthew 11, 28 to 30, Jesus asks, are you tired? Anybody? Are you worn out? And was like, it's school holidays. Of course we're tired. The kids haven't gone back yet. Are you tired? Worn out? 
burnt out on religion. This is the key. Come to me. Come to me. That word come, by the way, is a verb. It is an action. It is a doing word. But the way it's present there in Scripture, it actually means the way it's written in the Greek is that it's to come, but Jesus is clearly not speaking to one person. The way that that verb is actually present in the, t- in the text, it shows that Jesus is speaking to more than one person, which is, should be good news to you. Because what he's saying here, this isn't that he's having an individual conversation with one person. When he says, come to me, he's actually speaking to everyone. He's saying, come to me, everyone. This is an open invitation. Get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Who is sick and tired are following things that promise to give you rest, but they actually never do. Or they only last for the moment the activity lasts. You know, when you go to a spa, which I would love to, just my husband sitting over there, I'd love to go. When you go and you hear the whale music, woo, you know, I'm not going to jump into song, going along, right, the moment those whales cease, okay, and the massage stops, I'm just telling you, your rest stops. You get back into life. Everyone's talking about my whale song. I thought it was all right. Come on, guys, I speak whale. Anybody like Finding Nemo? Okay, that was for the kids. Come on. But he's talking about real rest. He says, walk with me. It's not enough just to come. You have to be present. You have to engage. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn. Some things we have to unlearn so we can learn. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is the invitation that Jesus extends. He says, I have this incredible relationship with my heavenly father. And he's saying, I want to teach you. And he's saying, it starts with, come. Come to me. Get away with me. And then there's some engagement to do. Watch. Walk with me. Work with me. Learn. And then there's blessing. You're going to, be, you're going to recover. You're going to take a real rest. There's a blessing of grace. You're going to live freely and lightly. This is the incredible richness that keeping company with God has. But not all of us come. You know, there's a story in Luke 14 that unpacks somebody who's a master who throws a banquet. And he prepares everything. He prepares the food, he prepares his space, and he sends out an invitation. He sends out his servant, and they hand deliver invitations to people. So it's not just this mass generic invitation. He goes and hand delivers it to personally invite. And then the day of the party comes, and there's nobody there. And one by one, they each send their excuses. Some say, I've bought some land. I have to go figure that out. Others say, I bought some ox, 
some animals I need to go and see to them. Another says, I can't come because I just got married. I actually don't know what that means, why you can't come. I'm married. I still go to parties. I don't know why being in this relationship would now stop you from going. But they all send their excuses because they're prioritizing relationships that, by the way, would benefit if they did come. They're prioritizing other activities. And then the master says, go out. Go out into the city. Go out into the lanes. Go out into the highways. Take this message far and wide because my house will be filled. This is the generosity of our Father. He wants you present. I don't know what your excuses are for not going to a party. Now, hands up, where do you put your invitations? Mine went on my fridge. Anybody else put their invitations that they get on the fridge? Thank you, over there. Now, if you have children who are in school and they're amongst 30 friends, 30 friends all have birthdays, guys. So every month you're invited to four or five parties and they go on the fridge. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Yes? But you know what? Years ago, this gathering used to be called a party. Probably about 15 years ago, who was here when these were called parties? We even had party cards, didn't we? And you had to give out these party cards as like a little invitation. But you know what? In our life, in that season at the time, having four young children all receiving invitations and to go here, and you know what? You don't have to have children to receive lots of invitations. The world is full of invitations to come and follow. Things that would want to take your time. Come and follow this person on Instagram. Come and follow this TV series. It will swallow up two weeks of your life. Right? Come and follow this fashion. Come and follow this trend. It's full of invitation. But we have to use wisdom and exercise choice to choose where will we place our yes and where will we place a healthy no? So, you know, for me and my husband at that time, where the fridge was full of party invitations to loads of kids we didn't even know, I'm like, is this enough? Are you making these kids up? You know, where are these invitations coming from? We had a choice, and we decided, as I say, at the time, this was called the party, that no party would have become before this one that we would set an example to our children to say that the invitation to gather together as a community of believers was extremely important in our lives. And we set a rhythm. Remember, rhythm of grace. We set a rhythm that if we could, we would be here on a Sunday. This was the invitation that we accepted. Above any other invitation, it was a priority for us. I pray that this is wisdom to you as parents, because there will be athletic tournament, tournaments, there will be activities, there will be birthdays, but you have to decide what are you available for? What invitation will you accept? And so I pray that you will hear this, because here Jesus is, and he's saying, do you want to rest? Do you want to live lightly? Do you want to live freely? Surely we would be saying yes to that. But somehow, other things see us decline that invitation. I wonder what makes you decline an invitation to go to a party. Sometimes we're simply unwilling because we're tired 
or because it's just not of our interest. You know, I don't really like that speaker of the day. I don't really like this. It's personal choice. Sometimes we're just unwilling. Sometimes it's because it's uncomfortable. Who asks who's going to be at the party first before they say whether they're going or not? Oh, I don't know if I want to talk to that one, right? Let me tell you, the commitment to come and follow Jesus goes beyond your personal preference. The commitment to pick up your cross and follow Jesus comes at a cost. I make no excuse for that. Because the difference between what the world promises and what Jesus promises is that he fulfills his promises. So when he says, I'll give you a real rest, he means it. When he says, I'll help you recover, he means it. When he says there's grace, unearned favor, he means it. And so that's why I will forego what I understand. I won't lean on my understanding or my ways, but I'm going to follow his. I'm going to follow his example. I'm going to let the richness of his relationship with God the Father tumble out and bless me. This is going to be a little harsh, so I'm just going to take some water, give you a minute. <laughs> but often, you know, in a relationship, how we feel in a relationship is important. Um, it's not everything, but it plays an important part. One of the biggest hurdles, I believe, to people coming and experiencing that grace and that rest that Jesus invites us to is because we think the intimacy, the proximity, is Jesus' responsibility. Okay? We believe that proximity, the closeness to God, is his responsibility. I'm telling you it's yours. Because Jesus has already done everything he needs to do to make that invitation go out, to make you be able to travel freely. He went to the cross. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross. He paid for everything you've ever done or will do. There's grace, forgiveness, mercy. He died on the cross, conquered death, rose again. You should get excited because this is where your freedom comes from. This is where your intimacy comes from. Because he's made a way where there was no way that you could come into the presence of God, not because you were spotless, not because you were blameless, but because he, the living lamb, the, the sacrificial lamb, took it for us so that I could come boldly to the throne and have a relationship with my heavenly father. Not because I'm perfect, but because he is. This is, this is what it is. But yet, sometimes we, we say no thanks because it doesn't suit us. Sometimes you don't know what suits you. Do you know what, what sometimes happens? Have you ever said no to a party and then maybe seen photographs afterwards on like Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you're, you know, or shared you know, in a family WhatsApp and you go, oh, I wish I was there, like, you know, they have, you see the highlight reel and you think they had the most amazing time. Often when people get a glimpse, a highlight, by the way, it's all it is, is a highlight, they forget what it costs to be present. So those people who were there, not only did they accept the invitation, but they sacrificed their time, 
they sacrificed a gift. They brought a gift. They brought their presence. They engaged. They said no to some things so they could be there. And so they were at this, they were at this gathering. They're having this experience. They're building this relationship. And often people look and go, why not me? Why not me? And then they feel like somehow God has excluded them. Do you know, I, I once, uh, not, not, not too long ago actually, sat with a woman who was praying. And my goodness, right? It says of Moses in Exodus, it says that Moses, when he spent time with God, that his face shone, right? Well, this woman... She was shining. I'm just telling you, I sat next to her while she would pray, and I was like, I'll sit a little closer. Oh, just because, wow, this woman has been time with God. Now, often we can think, oh, it's just a gift. Oh, she's got some special anointing. They've got some special calling. They've got some special thing going on with God that I've not been invited to. No, they just turned up. They consistently turned up. Let me tell you, that's half your battle, is coming. That is the key that unlocks everything, to consistently and persistently be in the presence of God so that he can saturate all of who you are. Proximity is your responsibility. My son last year went to university, and unlike my daughter, who only went about an hour away, so that means I could visit a lot, <laughs> sorry, um, he went to a city about four or five hours' journey away, and I was really worried about our closeness, because I was worried about how this proximity would affect it. I was wanting to find a way to connect, so we decided we were going to play chess, Okay? I really don't know what's going on in chess, honestly. We found an app, okay, a chess app. He sent me an invitation. So this is what God does. To bring proximity, they send an invitation. I clicked the link. I accepted the invitation. <laughs> That's what I did. I clicked the link and accepted the invitation. And then I waited. And he waited. And I waited. Then he sent me a text. Mom, it's your move. Sometimes we accept the invitation to come and follow Jesus, and then we wait. I don't know what we're waiting for. Some heavenly, like, ta-da! What are we waiting for? I believe God honestly sent me today with a very simple message to say, come, follow. Follow is the move you make. Follow is the, is the action of watching and learning, of keeping company. It's not just enough to come. You have to engage. We engage. I accepted the invitation to play this game that I have no idea about the rules. Okay, honestly, I lose all the time. Only one once because I cheated. Okay, <laughs> I have no shame in admitting that. Some of you don't follow because you think you don't know the moves. But you know what he's taught me? He's taught me things I think he made up, by the way. Like, because he was like, Mom, this is en passant. I don't, like, I don't know what that is. But every time I want to take a pawn of his or something, there's some fancy reason of why I can't. But he's teaching me. I didn't come to chess knowing anything about the game. But as I made a move, there's some instruction. As I made a move, there's some tutoring. And do you know what's blessed me more than it, chess? Because honestly, I'm still learning to love it. Is that I kept company with the one I loved.